Hey everybody, this is Jason K. And this is Jason M. And this is Context Free, the podcast with a name that could be about literally anything. There's no zero context. Yeah. I mean, this week we've chosen to make it about games. This, this time. This, <laughs> this time. time. And the, like the last 25 times. Yeah, but... well, it's, it's kind of a sticky topic. It's, it's, it's like we know. always, we get together, we say... What are we going to talk about this week? And I'm like, <laughs> and you come up, you come up with all these interesting ideas, and I'm like, can we just talk about games? Oh, yeah, it's true, right? So much games, right? So that's it's it's really my fault. We came up with this general name for our podcast, and then and then I was like, no, we're just going to make it a gaming podcast, and now we can't change the name, and we're stuck with this name. It's true. It has nothing to do with games. It's really confusing. Yeah. So uh, we've been gone a long time. 14 months? Something like that. We recorded a, almost uh, a year ago, but we didn't use that one because it didn't go very well. Yeah, so. that's that was the B-side. Yeah. Um, well, in a couple of decades, when we get a Patreon, we'll just we'll put right. that out. So here's what I was thinking. I was thinking we should change the format. Okay. Of, change the format of the podcast. So you have two choices. I think we can either do a yearly podcast. Okay. Right? Where we yeah. can just do every 12 to 14 months. That's going to make the editing so much easier. It probably will. Or we could do a three-hour daily podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do both? We'll, just, th- we'll review I the think, three hours I every year. I think the money is in it for you to do to do the daily. What okay. Do th- what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you would what, do it if it were, right? Uh, I mean, I don't think I could do three hours. I don't have... I don't have the capacity in me to talk for that long, but yeah. like, you know, two and we a could half. do ads. Two we could do like two and a half hours of ads and okay. like maybe a half yeah, hour of content. Yeah, two and a half hours of ads. Okay. That's, All right. That's oh, one way to monetize. It could only be internet mattresses though. <laughs> the only ads. It is great to be back. It's, uh, it's great to be back just sitting at the same table. Um, we just actually, re- we had a 30 minute conversation that was the podcast <laughs> without recording it. And then we're like, we should probably start the podcast. So there's probably a lot of different things to uh, to talk about. So what are we going to talk about this week? Um, I'm going to start off. I'm going to talk about uh, a video game called There Is No Game. I'm going to talk about a board game called Civilization New Dawn. Sorry, Sid Meier's Civilization New Dawn. You're, oh, yeah. You got to get the name in there. You're not allowed to say Civilization without saying Sid, Sid Meier Civilization. Um, and then Jason is going to talk about a whole bunch of fancy video games that I have never played because... Um, I don't know. I don't, I think I don't have the attention span. Jason is not fancy. That's the real answer. I don't have the attention span <laughs> to play the video games that Jason does. And all the video games I play have to, uh, restart after right. we play an hour. You right. have to start at the beginning. But you can play 70 hours of that game. That is correct. And then we are also going to talk a little bit about, I mean, we have to talk a little bit about the past year and what that has meant for group gaming, solo gaming, and kind of you know what 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 does that what does that mean for for us um that that'll be our unrehearsed topic segment we'll just see where that goes and then we will finish up by uh talking about some things that we are looking forward to so how does that sound sounds good to me sounds good to you all right excellent um so i'm going to start off i'm going to talk about uh, a game called there is no game this is by draw me a pixel games have you heard of this one i have okay. i've i've watched the trailer Okay, so so this game is uh, not unique, but it's it's different in that it's a, it breaks the fourth wall. So the game is talking at you, right? And the conceit of the game is that it's, so it's a point and click adventure game, but mm. not a point and click adventure game in the way that you know the ones you're you're used to, where it's like super serious. There's it's it's like Monkey Island. No, but it, it completely <laughs> so so what it does is it takes all these different 
game tropes like Zelda or free-to-play games or Monkey Island Day of the Tentacle, like the old LucasArts style games. And it, and it has chapters in the game that's, uh, it has chapters in the game that uh, sort of riff on the funny parts of those tropes. Right. So like the Zelda part is called Legend of the Secret. Right. And, and every time like the little hero who's called Hero finds something, he holds it above his head and there's the little Zelda, like, doo -doo -doo, you know, the, the sound. Right. So you're you're basically playing this point and click adventure game um, that even the interface is can be used to solve the puzzles. Like the whole thing is very meta in terms of. I give one example, just like one little spoiler. So the, the hero's energy bar, right? When you grow the hero's energy bar, it actually can knock something off of a table in the room because the energy <laughs> bar has grown so much. So like everything about the game, right? And you're referred to as user and you can, you, you're watching the game through part one chapter of it. You're watching through a monitor and you can flip the monitor around and go to the other side of the game. So every rule about normal games is both, sort of spoofed and parodied or lampooned, I guess, or whatever the word is, right? And just made fun of and also kind of twisted on its head while the narrator is talking to you about how do we escape this game? So your your goal is you're trying to escape this game, but it's called There Is No Game. Right. And really game, funny. The game interface is the game. It's part of the game. Yeah. It's, yeah, the game interface is part of the game um, along with what you you see on the screen. You know, that has hints. It's It's really a comedy you know, it's it's just very funny, and it has uh, like I've been doing it with my daughter and my wife, and we you know just been going through, and it's just fun trying to come up with the solutions are, and they're always like so we've only had to look up a couple, but they're just really clever, very smart, and and hilarious stuff. I would definitely uh, say say give it a try because even though it's just like the point and click thing, it's it's great, and it's Switch, right? And it's Switch point and click, Steam Switch. What I you, am playing play it on Switch. Okay, yeah, I think it came out in April. I'm pretty sure it's on Steam because. Seems very steamy. Well, the only games that aren't on Steam are the games you play. It's true. So it's true. <laughs> I'm just the anti-Steam person. <laughs> no, that's not even true. Those games are as well. I just don't have a computer that would run those. Yeah, me neither. So neither. <laughs> and and you couldn't even build a computer right now because apparently the graphics cards are. Yeah. Well, as long as you don't need to look at anything. That's right. Um, so that is there is no game by Draw Me a Pixel, and uh, yeah, I hope you'll 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 check that one out. It's 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 definitely a good laugh. I think. Uh, uh, I think Rebecca would like it too. I think yeah. it's pretty funny. No, it seems funny. It, it, it is. I, I watched the trailer and I saved it. It saved it for later, but I haven't haven't engaged yet. Yeah. Another game I want to talk about on the table is Sid Meier's. Dun dun dun. Uh Civiliz that's my, that's your role. The, right? the underscore. The underscore. I don't underscore. know how to make an underscore sound. I don't know. Dun, I don't dun, know dun. If it's underscore. Yeah, I don't know. It's Sid Meier's Civilization, colon. I'm playing a game with a colon in it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, a new dawn. <laughs> so I bought the base game. I'd say a couple years ago and we played it and it was, it was okay. It was, mm. it was fine. Um, but it was the civilization game and, and keep in mind, this is a Sid Meier civilization game. It had no exploration. Okay. No armies. Okay. No governments. Okay. <laughs> and no money. And, and it had, and your cities didn't, weren't differentiated in, in any way that you would build buildings in them. So what are you asking yourself if I say this is Sid Meier's Civilization game and it has none of those things that I just described? Is it is it just banking? You're just you're just 
trading stocks what i don't know what 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 is this right yeah no so it had a it had a map and you know you'd put down kind of your borders and and tech tree is there a tech tree there was a tech tree yeah there's a tech tree and the the basic gameplay is really simple it's really nice there's like a row of cards i'll get to that in a second but the expansion came out not that long ago and the expansion is one of the there's different sorts of board game expansions out there right some board game expansions just give you more cards for stuff that you already like some board game expansions like give you whole new like um uh rule sets to 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 play so that like it transforms the game right Right. i transform it into giving you a co-op mode that didn't exist in the base game or something like that and then there are certain games that have expansions where you cannot ever imagine playing the game without the expansion because it completes the game It's, it's almost like you got sold half a game and then this expansion is like the other half of the game yeah yeah so so the expansion which is called um terra incognito Mm. adds exploration it adds armies it adds governments and it adds districts to your city so it actually feels like the cities can be differentiated from another so like has all the things it turns it into civilization it turns it into civilization (laughs) exactly uh previously it had wonders right which you have to i mean civ without wonders is not like that's probably the most identifying thing about civ is the the world wonders. So it had that and it had sort of a basic tech tree, but not super interesting. Oh, and it, it also had um, different civs, right? So you're the Aztecs and I'm the Japanese or, or whatever, right? right they have their right. own unique abilities, which you always see. Um, so we played this yesterday and uh, we played a five player game. Okay. And it was great. I mean, it was, it was a blast. I mean, it was, it was really fun. We didn't play a very like, you know, confrontational attacking game, which I think is probably would make it elevated even more. Mm. We were, but we were all just trying to like, we had training wheels on of like, how do I expand my city? And you know, how do I do these basic Got it. things? So you, you treat it like a Euro basically. We kind of did. Yeah. 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 We kind of treated it like a Euro. Um, but it's still super fun because it's anytime you get to like get a new tile in a game and exp- like, you know, what's off the edge of the map that's always fun. Like this, one of my favorite things in games is the, is the like opening the box, the getting the new tile, you know, and expanding the world type of stuff. Right. That's, that's really fun. You know, and just figuring out how you're going to sort of puzzle together. The basic gameplay of it is really simple. It's not complex. Like a lot of, like you might normally think of a Civ game where it's like, Oh, you have this many action points and you get to do all these different things. It's basically, you just have a row of cards in front of you and each card starts off at level one and this is like your your the actions you can do are also tied in with your tech tree right so you have a growth card an economy card a military card a culture card a science card etc right so you have these cards and as you level them up the level one card becomes level two card level three card they get two different things but that's just part of how they can be more powerful what they are is they're in a row from left to right and on your turn you take one of the cards and the farther right it is the better of an effect you're going to get so say you want to move your armies right if it's all the way to the right, you're going to be able to move your armies the same amount as if it were all the way to the left. But if it's all the way to the right, you can move them over mountains and desert and stuff. If it's Got all it. the way to the left, you can only move them over the plains, right? So it's kind of like, and so what you do is you pick up that card, you do what's on the card, and then you put it all the way at the left, and then everything else conveyor belts down. So the longer you wait in between doing a card, the more of an effect it's going to have. Got it. The more beneficial it is. Exactly. Um, and you can also get, you know, little trade goods and stuff to facilitate trade that you can put on these cards that also boost the card, mm. right? So you have those extra things and then those are, so there's no, there's nothing to understand outside of like what's on the cards. There's no like, how do I build a wonder? Well, the way you build a wonder is you use 
the industry card, and that's the thing that lets you build a wonder, right? And the farther the right it is, the more you have towards building that wonder, okay. right? Um, it goes around, there's barbarians, you know, because there's got to be. <laughs> is, someone, is someone assigned to play the barbarians? No, the barbarians just, there's a, a little dial that you get, and every time it gets to the first player's turn, that goes around and, like, a different thing happens. So basically, and it's, there's six segments on that dial. So every six turns... Um, the barbarians that were defeated spawn, and then every three turns, the barbarians you roll a die, and then they just move in one of the six hex directions. Okay, so, so it's like a really simple AI. Really simple AI, right? If they're next to you, they might attack you. They might not, right? Um, yeah, so it's pretty basic. It also has city states, which is cool. There's like these independent uh, places that are not full on civs, and you can you could conquer them, or you can send your caravans to those, and then you get, like get a benefit from you know, trading with them. So what complexity wise, where, where, where does this land? Cause it's sounding, so this is Good my, question. my struggle with Civ is I really enjoyed, uh, what was the PlayStation version of Civ? There was a, there was kind of a, a simplified version of Civ and I used to play the snot out of that. Mm. And nowadays the later versions, I'm just like, there's too many dials and knobs. And... I, this is on the lower end. So okay. it's not, the, it's not the lowest. Okay. Um, because it does have a map and you are moving some stuff around. But for a, for a full-on, like, I'm going to get to explore new tiles, and I'm going to get to build a tech tree, and I'm going to get to build wonders, and I can possibly go and attack your city type of game, um, th this, 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 feels like, this feels like it for mm. me. Like, I don't, you know, this five-player game was great. I feel like, if, like I said, if we had a little bit more kind of, you know, beating up on one another, that would have elevated it. Not, not that you need to have it be a, like a war game, but like, you know, you want to be able to, to do that. So the, to, to be basically interfere, right. right? The complexity level is there are a lot of little rules, um, but mostly around combat. So if you're, that's probably also why we played it rather Euro-y <laughs> because the combat rules are probably the most like, oh, like, you know, what's the bonus? And those even aren't that, that much. But um, I would say it's fairly low. I've played a few other uh, Civ games like Clash of Cultures, which is definitely more complex. I've, I I kind of consider TI4 a Civ game, really. Right. I, mean, I, I think of that as a Civ game, I and mean, some people might Civ game in space argue about that, but um, certainly less than that. We played a five-player game. Uh, it took about 45 minutes to teach, and then it um, just aimed to set up. 45 mm -hmm. minutes to set up and teach, so it was a little bit there. Um, and then we, it probably took us about three hours, but we all tended to be pretty slow. Like, I hadn't really played it with the expansion before. So I was fumbling around, like everyone was sort of fumbling around. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was great. So that was Sid Meier's Civ New Dawn with the Terra Incognito expansion, which I think really makes the game. So those are mine. What, uh, what do you have on? Oh, I have, I have, I list. have too many things. There's, there's one, I guess one to mention just because it, during the, uh, during the lockdown period, I think Hades was like your, your game of choice, I think. And, I think so. And we both played it. I think you crushed it and I was, I, I it beat me up a lot, but, uh, I, I, you enjoyed it it, I enjoyed it a lot. So I what is Hades? To the end. So Hades is a rogue, rogue, is it roguelike? I don't know the difference. I don't even know the difference between a roguelike and a roguelite. I feel like those terms are used interchangeably, yeah, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a game by super giant games. Yeah. And you die, is, you die over and over again. So that just, just. 
just for our contextless listeners. Yes. <laughs> so the rogue, the roguiness, right, is that you make progress in the game, but you always start at the same place whenever you die. But you've made global progress. Global progress. In some way. Maybe hopefully. some skills, maybe gotten some items, maybe some Advance the story in this case. Advance the story. Yeah. So unlock I, something. I think that's one thing that Hades did a great job of, right, was... Oh, my goodness. A lot of roguelikes um, have no real story to speak of. Yeah. You're just kind of grinding away. And... So the story was, so there, there are two, well, there's a number of really amazing things. And then everyone's, I don't want to go too far into this because this is, I think if you've, if you've been around games uh, or, or these kind of video games, you've probably heard about it, but like the, the story is amazing. Like the dialogue, you actually want to. It's set in the underworld of yeah. ancient Greece. Yeah. Right? You are Hades' uh, son, right? Zagreus. Zagreus. <laughs> Who I had never heard I of. I had never heard of either, but great characters. This is a good, great, great characters. Great characters, great dialogue. Art, right? music, I can't even, yeah. I could go on and on. So that's music. what I was going to hit next. The music is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's really good. So this, this, I feel like, was this a sanity saver for you during the, during the, the craziness? Did you, you just. Yeah, I, I, I played a lot of hours. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun in advancing and, and getting all the way to the sort of the true ending. Like you can defeat Hades right. once, but once you defeat him, I think 10 times you get to like the real ending and, and you could keep playing after that to kind of get some of the rest of the unlockables, but you've more or less done the, the full story, the epilogue at that point. Um, I just, I enjoyed the hell, no pun intended, out of, uh, out of uh, the different encountering Dionysius and Poseidon and Aphrodite and art. I mean, they all just had their own personalities and their art style, the way they're drawn. Um, it, it was it was just a brilliant modern take on Greek gods. It was yeah. really cool. And it was fun to watch. And the gameplay was also, the combat was phenomenal. Yeah, so it was, it was a great game. Yep. We, and it's something we both actually played, unlike yes. everything else. Unlike, unlike just about. about everything else on this list. That is right. <laughs> so uh, I got a PS5. Um, I was so psyched to play. Great job. I know. I know. I was so psyched to play Cyberpunk on it. And then it was immediately yanked before I, right before I got it. So I never have played Cyberpunk really at all <laughs> at this point. And I think the game's <laughs> never going to come out. And it's probably not that great anyway. But I have a friend who finished it on PC and really enjoyed it. No, I, I've heard really good things too. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so sad that like I finally got the console to play it on. That was, that it. was, a, that was a pretty big disappointment. That, it was, yeah, there was kind of a, uh, a record scratch sort of like kind of mm -hmm. moment. Um, so right. I, I haven't meaningfully played that. What I have played is Demon Souls, which you've never played a Souls game. It's, I have not. Haven't, haven't played Bloodborne. I've not played a Souls game or a Souls-like yeah. as they're known. So they're kind of known for crushing. Um, I know uh, just being as a, as, a, as a player, right? Like just crushing hardness. Which um, doesn't put me off. No, um, you usually take, you know, you, you lose a lot of resources from dying and, and that's kind of the demoralizing thing, right? right. Is, is that you're, you're kind of playing this game. It's really hard. And then if you screw up, it's really bad. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed Demon Souls. Unlike some of the other Souls games that I didn't really get into. Give, give me just the, the really brief history. So if you know it, Demon Souls was oh. the original or you don't I know don't. it? You I don't. I don't. Okay. I think okay. it, I think it is the original um that was remade and then we got the you know dark souls dark souls one dark souls two eventually in bloodborne is it their cousin or uh yeah it's it's a similar sort of thing with parrying and that's sort of thing. Okay. Dark, bloodborne is beautiful whereas the original souls games weren't uh -huh. that pretty 
I feel um, like people talk about Bloodborne more in terms of their love for it. I, I don't do. know what it is about that, but so I did play Bloodborne. Uh, I made it past the first boss. Like I think the big mistake that I made with the kind of the Souls game is is just not googling what I should be doing, <laughs> like <laughs> like just beating my head against it. And I, I apparently I learned poorly because I did not. It took me a very long time to get past the first boss in Bloodborne. Now, if you um, ramp down the difficulty, would, could you still enjoy the game, or is that not even an option? Ah, uh, I don't think there's a points right okay. and i, I okay. think um you know it's been mentioned on other things really you're you're kind of learning not to button mash right you're you're learning sure. you're the, the point of these sort of games i think is to learn to take your time learn a particular play style right and then use that play style don't just hit the buttons and i think it's you know part of the reason i think some of us play games is to escape and button mashing is fun so mm-hmm. that's the wrong strategy in these games um you also should not button mash if you play overcooked <laughs> <laughs> oh my i just wanted to mention that oh my god that that, that, that will not work for you or your relationships with your close family you members. will be screaming at your your yeah 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 <laughs> overcooked look it up oh my god it's just it's very fun and very rage inducing kind of party game um but no so demon souls you start out you know you you do your character building and you're basically progressing through levels and go and returning to a kind of a a core area right Mm -hmm. so as you progress through levels eventually you kind of defeat you you move through that level and you go back to that core area so you have a kind of a central place to start from right which is i think very different from the other souls games again not a souls expert but i made it through the game i enjoyed it a lot um cool yeah i i i was surprised it's also friggin' beautiful nice so you also had resident evil village on your list yeah i have i have re village um re see that's that's resident evil resident resident (laughs) resident evil um i've played every single resident evil game uh yeah when i think of you in video games that like i don't know i don't know do you what so the way that I would say, oh, Jason, oh, yeah, he likes... If someone were to say, what is Jason like? I would say, he likes Resident <laughs> Evil. So I bought... What a, would you say if someone says, oh, what games is Jason K like? Oh, what, like... Video, what video game? Yeah, what video, video game would games? you most associate with me? Uh, like Enter the Gungeon or... Or, um, or, or Hades, I suppose. Hades or the... What was the... Dead uh, Cells. Dead Cells. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I'm visualizing that game. Those are all good choices. Um, anyway. Yeah, and, and kind of a consistent theme a little bit so i bought a playstation originally because i played the first resident evil uh-huh. with some friends and eventually i got a playstation because i i just love that survival horror that tension yeah. right of uh you know having limited resources and things kind of trying to eat your face and that is exactly what i did not get from resident evil village resident oh, evil village not a disappointment it's it's kind of weird i haven't finished it actually i moved on and i need okay. to go back and finish it and so maybe i'm wrong because other people have said things about it kind of having scary sections and i found it not scary at all okay um there's lots of cool monsters lots of cool visuals sounds it's like a, something i can get into it's a good game <laughs> and it's got resident evil has this kind of weirdness to it like this kind of cheesy weirdness right that i I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is fun. And this has that, has a lot of that. Uh, like the characters are kind of idiots. They're like, like, like they yeah. kind of do dumb things and sort of. That's that... true. in a lot of like, it, it, it's just like a horror trope. I feel right. like it's exactly. like, yeah. I'm going to go take a shower in the basement while the mass murderer is R- like, well, yeah, like, well, I mean, you gotta be clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's a certain <laughs> level of, uh, 
like uh, Rebecca will watch me play some of these games because some of it's just so hilarious. Like some mm-hmm. of the bad guys are so over the top evil with their chrome, you know, sunglasses. Sure. And, and it's just, there's a cheese balliness at times to the Resident Evil games. Yeah. This one did not give me the attention that I wanted okay. uh, and that I play these games for. So there's been it. a bunch of remakes, uh, yep. Resident Evil 2 and 3, um, kind of... And then, kind of disappointing. And then you also had Subnautica 2. And you could, you've talked about Subnautica before. Mm. Give me, and I've played like a l- tiny little bit of No Man's Sky. Give, and they're similar, I, I, right? They're the same genre of game. But give me the why you prefer, I know you like to scuba dive, but why do you prefer Subnautica <laughs> over No Man's Sky? So I've played them both. So No Man's Sky is procedurally generated and... Isn't uh, Subnautica? Subnautica is not. Oh, Subnautica really? oh, is 100% hand-built. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it is exploration, and it is, especially the original game, is built so that you get these kind of moments of wonder while, oh, you're, wow. while you're exploring these caverns and, and this ocean, right? So This kind of changes my whole desire to play Subnautica. Like, I'm more interested in playing a hand-built game. It's funny. I want to play procedurally generated <laughs> roguelikes but if you're gonna if i'm gonna play a game like that i feel like i'd want to play handbuilt but anyway go ahead I didn't yeah know that. like a little bit ago you you mentioned kind of the wonder of exploration a little bit right exactly um and that is the whole reason especially the first game so there's a certain amount of tension mm-hmm. um you know you die in the first or i died a lot in the first game less so in this one uh and you kind of lose resources and you're there's this uh kind of cramped not cramped quality but like you're underwater and run out of air yeah. yeah claustrophobic quality to just scuba diving in in scary I'm, conditions i'm, I'm right? aware yeah yeah <laughs> so um but but the first game it, it's not that it's not survival horror uh-huh but it's it's for me really about that exploration and that, that experience of wonder yep. the the new game still has that it feels a little bit grindy to me um we established me as not a steam person just because yep. i don't have a big fancy computer right um but i did play the the beta versions of this game off and on for about a year mm. uh on steam uh and now i'm playing on the ps5 uh i still love it uh the second game feels a little more grindy than the first game and uh i'm not getting quite the same level of exploration and wonder that i think i got but you love the first one, one and finished but it. i love the, the first yeah. one so much just yeah. because like that you don't get that mm-hmm. in video games very much right you get kind of shooty and maybe and there scary. is an ending there is an ending okay yeah cool. yeah so um and there's also i didn't know if it was one of those games that you could sort of just play forever or if there's you can so okay. so there are different modes so you can basically turn off all the survival features and mm-hmm. treat it like um Oh, what's the thing that Microsoft bought that you build the things? Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> so you can kind of, well, there's a base building feature to it, right? If so my you, daughter is listening. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's a base building feature to it. So you can kind of treat it. A, it, it it's not Minecraft, but you can build things and you can go, you can get that kind of same kind of joy of like, I built a cool looking base with lots of, you know, pods or something on it. So that, there's that aspect to it. But what I really get out of it is that kind of that exploration <laughs> wonder experience. I was just laughing because <laughs> because the the point at which I put down No Man's Sky was very early on in the game. Yeah. But it was the point at which they're like, and now you can build a base. And I'm like, oh shit, you gotta build a base. Oh, sorry. Like like I th- and I feel like that defines what I like about games is when I don't have a base or some house that I have to decorate. 
with crap on the walls because <laughs> I'm like, I already got one of those. So you can, you can, you can get posters and yeah. you put them on your walls nice. in Subnautica, like nice. a little cat, little cat with a, a diving bell, not diving bell, like a scuba hat, yep. a scuba helmet on, but most, and there's a lot of base building cause you have to survive and it's a survival game. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't like that, you may not love it, but there's a lot of exploration and just cool, pretty stuff that you, cool. that you, well, you kept yourself pretty busy. It sounds like, and some uh, moving on to our feature topic our here, feature topic. feature topic, yes, feature topic, uh, um, of, you know, the, the sorts of, we've had 14 months of, uh, of, um, solo time, right. Or solo or in our house time or not really getting to have social group time in person. Challenged gaming time. Challenged gaming time is, is what we've had. Um, and I was mentioning to you that solo board games were certainly a thing before the last year. I mean, they, they would yeah. be there. But nowadays, it seems like any game that gets announced, if it doesn't have a solo mode, particularly if it's like a, particularly if it's a Euro game, um, but even non-Euro games, it's almost expected that there's some sort of automa that's, part of the game so that people can play it Atoma, like a like a robot yeah like exactly. a robot aspect yeah some type of of you know rules engine thing that will drive what the game will do against you so that you're not right to, to make it more interesting than your standard co-op of pandemic of where you're just playing against like a a, the, a deck puzzle <laughs> right where there's like unpredictability coming in different ways that that is based on what you what you do, um, right? To kind of simulate other people and, and to do so in an intelligent way. And there are certain designers that have become known for being like strong designers of that type of right. rules. Right? Right. So some people like kind of specialize in that. Um, so that's that's one thing. Obviously, some people say solo board games. I would just go play a video game instead, right? I mean, that's kind of that's been the standard. But solo board games have definitely you know come to be a thing. They have not come to be a thing for me, which right. 14 months ago, I, if you would have said, oh, you know, this is what's going to happen over the next year. <laughs> are, do you think, you know, what, what, what do you think you're going to do for board games? And I probably would have said, hmm, well, I'll probably play a lot of Mage Knight solo, or I'll play Nemo's War. I'll play these games that are like sort of made for solo play. And that's how I'll get my fix of playing with cardboard pieces, you know, that I like to, uh, in, in pulling all that out because I'm not getting to play a lot of those. Now, to be sure, you know, playing some with my family. Yeah, I was I, I was going to say, you have four people in your house. I right? do. And you guys play a lot of games as a family, right? We do. Um, we've played, we've played some. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've, we've played some. I mean, I don't know that, but I don't think that uh, we played necessarily more than we did right. in 2019. I think it just sort of stayed constant. But yeah, right. but I also have, I also had, or, and I'm reforming, you know, groups of people that I game with, mm -hmm. right? So we had our group that we played a lot of legacy co-op stuff, and mm -hmm. right? And I had a group that I played with on Tuesdays and I had some of my other book club friends. So I had different groups that I, that D I played. D&D? And I had, well, yeah, we talked about D&D. So we had different groups that I played games with, um, but I couldn't play in person with any of those groups, right? And also my, my family. So, and I did not go into you know solo board gaming what did end up happening is i ended up playing a shit ton of <laughs> asynchronous games online right like i just played an enormous like you know i so ex examples of these would be so the two platforms which i know i talked about a year ago because i was just playing a little bit of those mm -hmm. at the time on yukata.de and on uh, board game arena okay so those are the two platforms i play on board game arena is 
built for real-time games but can do turn-based whereas yukata is all turn-based there's no real time at all um which they have their pros and cons the biggest the biggest difference being a lot of board game arena games there's no undo so Mm. if you're learning a game it can be a little bit of a brutal platform because if you misclick because you were just trying to figure something out you might have taken a really stupid turn or something um so i played a lot of that and that's kind of become both a weird proxy for a lot of my video game playing Mm -hmm. because i'm doing something in front of a screen right right as well as the being able to play those like heavier euro you know strategy games which i don't play a lot of with my family right so i i think that's um so you get an outlet to uh yeah an outlet to do some of those now i do play a lot of those with stacy my wife you know we play a lot but i also play random people and and again, you know, I like ladder climbing and that type of thing. So Yukata has like a whole thing of getting new ranks and whatever, which, you know, it's like achievement unlock type stuff. It just appeals to me of like to go up to those sort of things. You're, you're gamified. So, yeah, but it, it definitely changed where it sounds like what you've done over the last year is not, I mean, I have a lot of different things I can sort of talk about, but it sounds like your gaming habits have not been that affected because you played a lot of video games by yourself. Anyway, that was kind of what you would do. Yeah, I mean, really, the board games kind of went away. Um, you know, we right. we played um, we played a lot of Gloomhaven kind Did of you? initially, um, and but just didn't over time. We had a lot of people that were like, "Hey, once this is over, we could play Gloomhaven together." Yeah, and then we we haven't kind of acted on that. Um, You've but, also been traveling for work, which I imagine that must have some play into this. Yeah, I also like I I think you have a lot more connection to the the board game community, right? And have a lot more sure. of those of of just of a network, right? For But for, I've tried. Right. I mean, put a lot of effort into yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm yeah, not yeah. criticizing no, you, no, no. but and I and I definitely haven't. Um but uh we did play oh god, I'm blanking on it. Um Spirit Island. Oh, Spirit Island, right. Yeah, so we did play Spirit Island once with some some. Did you play cardboard? Did you play the, the iPad? Uh, cardboard. Cardboard. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, no, it was it Because we talked about it a while yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. I, I, I just think it needs, you need some reps to be, yes. to be good. Yes, you do. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a couple expansions that, that the number of spirits you can play is beyond, I mean... I don't, I don't think I'm exaggerating, but I think there's over 20 spirits oh my that you can play. Yeah. And some of them are very complex in terms of how they work. And so it's kind of like, I don't think I'm stretching here, but I think it's almost like playing a new class in D&D where it's like, you need to learn all the different little nooks and crannies of how to be good at it. It's also a little bit of a, like a complicated fiddly sort of game, right? So I, I for anyone yeah. that hasn't kind of encountered it before, it's, it's a... Got a fairly high complexity for it does for not it's not that big like physically right but there's just a lot of a lot of moving parts to that game so it's it's, it's a really little, neat it's really neat it's, I feel like I have not been able to get into it the way that I should like that game more than I do and it's because I haven't had the reps with it yeah I'm but convinced you, of that. you also need the group or community right to be willing to go through those reps right because yep. it's a little bit there's a little bit of like oh, I got to set it up and learn it and that sort of thing so. Um, that's pretty much all my board game yeah. time. I've had seventh continent sitting here forever that I'm like, one of these days we're going to sit down and we're going to play seventh continent. We just never do. Um, you'll probably end up not liking it. Really? No, I don't know. I don't, I've got, I've got all the, anyway. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, I I just kind of sunk into board or video games because it was more right kind of workable. You know, I tried to do some of the online things. We did a little Civ Five uh, with some of the folks at work. Okay, um, Civ Five or Six? I think Five. So not the latest. Civ. No, no, not oh, the weird. latest. Yeah, well, <laughs> just because what it's cheap on Steam, so everyone. Mm. You know, okay. you have a work, you have a group of people at work. You're like, hey, what, what can we all spend seven dollars or something gotcha. on, right? That Civ we can play. Five is the only one I didn't never played. Oh, really? Yeah, I played yeah. one, two, three, four, and six. Yep, never played five. Yeah, so that that was about it. My, the sequel to like my favorite game ever came out in the middle of this malarkey. Last of Us. Yeah, Last of Us Two came out, which maybe we'll spend some time right talking about some other time. I I will say. This is a soul-crushing game, just especially to come out in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is... Whew. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but no, amazing okay. if you like having your soul crushed. So, so. You, uh, you brought it up a minute ago about, um, about D&D. Obviously, I yeah. talked about that a year ago. I would say you were saying was were all the the async board games or no, what was the, it was Hades, the sanity saver. Right. And I don't think Hades was the sanity saver. I think that the D and D group was the sanity saver. Got it. Cause yeah, we played yeah. that every week. And, and, th and that was the thing, right? Like what I ended up doing was instead of me retreating into playing solo board games or playing a lot of solo video games, which I, I really didn't do other than Hades. Like when I went and made the list yesterday of, you know, what are all the things I want to catch up, up, catch up with on video games? I could, I did not have a big video game list. Are you, are you, are you DM for this? I am. Okay. So not only did you have a consistent kind of group of people to meet virtually. Yeah. Uh, but every also, week. Cause no one had, no one had anything shit to, do. to do. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but you're the DM and there's a certain level of kind of responsibility and preparation, which cuts both ways, which, which cuts both ways, but, but you, you kind of have to commit. Right. Or there's, well, yeah, you're going to, you're going to kill it. Like there's no point if there's no, that said, commit. yes, you, you do have to commit that said, I've gotten really good at improv. <laughs> <laughs> like we've, I've had whole evenings where I don't think that anyone in the group knew that like I barely prepared anything and it worked out <laughs> just fine. Right. Well, that's what those reps <laughs> and to are those for. in my group that are listening right now. I think I've already told you that. So, <laughs> um, what were you gonna say? Well, that's what those reps are good for, right? Like, you oh know, my god, yeah. like unbelievable. Like yeah. my so so when I think about, I enjoy I enjoy DMing. I do I was I was gonna make an analogy. I enjoy um I enjoy DMing with the people that I play with mm -hmm. um quite a lot more than I enjoy DMing in the abstract. Sure. Right. I mean, that, uh, just so, like I enjoy this podcast and the conversations we have more than I enjoy having a podcast in the abstract. Right. Right. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I like the specific sort of interactions that I have with the group of people. And that's, that's a lot of fun. Whereas I do not even pretend to have the rules mastery required to go and DM like random people at a con. I mean, so, right? so the, the reason I think I'm 99% of the people in the world that have played you know, a D and D style game is for the kind of people and interactions and it's not for the game. But right? people go to cons and play with randoms. They, so pe people do. I mean, a lot of meet, people do, if, but really? Yeah, like, like, they do. Huh? They I do. I just, I don't know. I don't know I guess people I'd... join up on forums and play D and D by forums with people they don't know. People join roll 20 games and play on zoom with people they don't know. I mean, people do that. Like, 
you know, and there's a whole conversation you can have around like, you know, what are the right ways to have a safe game for people so they're not getting into the topics they don't want and all that type of stuff, right? Like how to play with people you don't know. No, I, I believe it exists. I guess everyone that I've, that I've consciously have had a conversation with sure. role playing about, right? Like they're playing with their kind of group of friends. They're not playing with randos. Now I, I believe those people exist, but I don't, I don't know those people. Like I don't, I don't either. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't know. I personally don't know anyone that plays D and D with random people, but I know that there's a lot of people that do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that I, I think us being able to get together. So uh, this was, you know, we started this game in September, 2019, Obviously, uh, lockdown hit in March 2020, and at that point, it was me and five five other people in the group, and we played um, just about every. I mean, not every week, but just about every week. That was mm. what it was scheduled for. Obviously, um, there were a few times we've played where one person was missing. We've never played with two people missing. Um, yeah, and we've just kind of kept it going. It, it being able to play with that regularity um lends itself to um some 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 dynamics that you would not get out of a monthly game like yeah. just really really different that's that's just like kind of fun because it, it's the point that I want to make about what it lends itself to is it reduces the pressure of like every single time has to have the big set piece or the or the whatever <laughs> right we could have we literally had certain sessions where it was like no combat happened and we just had a bunch of conversations around town and we did that for two and a half hours and you know we'll call it a night so it's like the mandalorian that's what you're trying to say uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes there's episodes where nothing happens but it's still amazing uh yeah right and so that's that's just that's just kind of how, how it how it goes and and as long as everyone kind of is cool with not needing something out of every session in that way because it's like oh well there's always next thursday mm. you know i think that that works so that that's been um great we're now at a point where we'd love to all get to get together and play in person but we've gotten so used and so used to the convenience <laughs> of roll 20 right because i've bought a bunch <clears> of stuff <throat> on there and all the character sheets are there and everything right so um yeah but that's that's been a, a big thing so the the point i wanted to make in this topic was that um my impressions of how things might have gone, what I would have thought I would have done as a gamer were different than what it turned out to be. And at every turn, whether it was playing, you know, party games over Zoom with people right. or it was playing D&D uh, with, with my group or playing async games online, at every turn I sought out people mm -hmm. to play with, which um, it, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily surprise me, but it was like, I, it was my way of of being social and, yeah. and interacting with people, which was, which was awesome. So, um, yeah, so that's what I had on that. Talking about things for the future, uh, just a couple things that I am personally excited about that we'll talk about in future times. One is I just got my Kickstarter of the game called Oath, which is the Co-Worley game. So I don't know if we ever talked about it, but he's the designer of Root and of Pax Premier Second Edition. Yep. Um, so I'll talk about that in the future. So that just came. I'm trying to kind of get, you know, it's one of these games where you kind of need a group. It's not, a, it's a legacy game, but not a legacy game where you're ripping stuff up, but you kind of need some people that sort of invested in the meta story of what's going to evolve. So that's something that I'm very excited to dig into. And also last weekend, our group got together. Uh, we got together one time during, we played Forgotten Waters, which would be fun to talk about sometime, right. but we played Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, just the prologue. And we'll be digging to that in the future. And I was, um, I was really, uh, I was really 
juiced after that. I thought it was that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. It, 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 it was exciting. I thought it was. I, I am very very hopeful for how that's going to go. So any things that you are looking forward to? Any video games that are coming out soon or anything like that? You know, I am. I have a dive trip coming up, and I'm, oh, nice. I'm planning um, as of about a couple pretty soon to be underwater for basically a week. So that's what I'm. My brain is wrapped right. around at the moment. Right. Um, in terms of games, you know, I don't. I don't have something that I'm really anticipating. Well, I'm going to challenge you to get Seventh Continent out by the end of the summer. That's a good challenge. I'll challenge you for that. Um, yeah. So we are going to wrap it up. We'll be back in another 14 months. Or yeah, or yeah, tomorrow, yeah, or with, hourly, with three more hours, depending on what Jason decides is is best for the future of the podcast. It's a lot of editing. Uh, today's Memorial Day, so you can wear white pants from here on out. So have fun with that. Enjoy your uh, <laughs> enjoy your dive trip. I shall see ya. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Jason M. I just wanted to say I I really appreciate the folks that uh, sent in uh, emails saying they missed the show. It's a really nice thing to do. It's very cool. Our theme music, as always, Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. You can find them at lorenzosmusic.com. And you can find us at contextfree.fm.